Welcome to another edition of Practical Reliability, insights on the practical implementation of holistic reliability, brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success. I'm George Williams, and with me is Joe Anderson. And today's topic is skill set and qualifications uh, for the planning role. Any thoughts on that, Joe? What do we got in terms of skill sets for a planner? Let's kind of just brainstorm them, and then we can talk about uh, each one of them. One, you have to have the ability to be able to write job plans, uh, which would require some skill trades, um, the ability to do some writing, uh, finding materials and resources. Um, So it's just not take an average Joe off the street and make him a planner. Um, It's a little more complicated than that. Yeah, and especially the research part, right? So not everybody has clean drawings or, you know, can find the, even the red line versions. Right. And you're going to have to do a little research. Sometimes you have to do research for maintenance manuals or, or user or owner manuals for the equipment. They're not necessarily where they should be in the engineering turnover package. And so as part of the planning function, you've got to be able to do that research uh, whether it's using Google or, you know, GTS that stuff and, and find it or, or some other mechanism um, uh, of making relationships with the engineering department. Maybe the, the files are located in a different place. Sometimes they're hard copy. Sometimes they're electronic. Maybe you have a Quasar system or a Documentum system or uh, some document management system. So you're going to have to be familiar with how to use that electronic system and how to search for metadata. Uh, so yeah, there's I, certainly some training just in finding material. Yeah, I think uh, electronic planning can get to be more complicated. Uh, just due to the fact that you you have to have a license to have access to it. You have to find the person that can get you access. It always seems like it's a nightmare. It's fairly easy to grab an OEM book off the shelf and throw it on the copier and create a PDF and throw it in your electronic library. Um, it always seems like when you go electronic, it, it gets to be more of a headache. But. Yeah, and, I, and I've seen lots of planners have, you know, just a filing system. So they, they've made copies or printed things out, and they're keeping them in a filing cabinet. Meanwhile, there's a document management system right there. Sometimes it's for convenience. Sometimes it's for the frustration of using the electronic system. And so they go to something they know, which is which is filing hard copy, you know. Um, okay, so uh, another skill set, you know, from my perspective is, you know, I, let's talk a little bit about how much craft knowledge a planner has to have. Uh, there's a lot of scenarios where planners are planning for multiple crafts and sometimes outside of their native craft if they've come out of the maintenance organization. So how important is it to have a sound skill set inside the, the, the area you're planning for? You don't have to be an expert, but you need to have a general knowledge. You utilize the experts that you do have to create the plans that you need. So you can cross-function between multiple crafts, but you just got to know your people, have good relationships with them, and understand what their capabilities are. But it also helps you as a planner if you understand what their capabilities are when you go to assign tasks, you know, job plans and stuff to them, you know who it is that's going to get what work. I think there's, to some degree, you've got to have the craft knowledge. Yep. Um, because you're going to be asking for help at some point. Mm-hmm. And, if you, and if you don't have any, 
then the technicians are thinking, well, what do I need him for? He, he doesn't know anything about what I'm talking about. You and have so, no credibility. Right. So you lose the credibility piece. So there has to be some level of craft knowledge yeah. in order to gain the credibility piece. And then I think the next skill set for that for the planner is to be able to store and manage a job plan library so that they can then make updates or modify them to the next job that's similar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that means there's less time that they're, you know, at some point the planner function should be asking less and less of the technician function. Right. They should get to a point where they can plan the work. Yep. And to do that, they got they have to have a, the skill set to document those plans and store them, whether the CMMS does it, whether it's hard copy in a filing cabinet. They, they, they should have the capability of developing a library that's not PM task list yep. and then managing that library to, to continually, uh, uh, you know, grow the library so that they're asking the technical staff less and less. I think the most difficult thing is for a planner to plan work and find time to develop those things. So what I've done in the past is I just started having them create single point lessons, like uh, how to replace a bearing or how, you know, some of the general knowledge thing. Um, And then um, you can always attach that to a work order for now. And that starts your library. It's not like you have to spend all your time developing your library because you still have to plan work as well. Um, but you got to start somewhere. I get I get a, a question along those lines a lot when I teach the courses at, at University of Wisconsin. And, and what tends to happen is uh, the planners are overworked, right? So they're not sending out a what you would consider to be a golden work package. Right. With every job, right? Mm-hmm. And and so they say, well, I don't have time to build bill materials. I don't have time to update my job plan library because there's so much work coming in. I can't afford to send it all out um, appropriate and manage the back end of that. And it's just like a chicken and egg kind of thing, right? If mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not doing those other things, your day to day work will never get easier. Right. And so you will never have the time to create all good plans. If you are not managing the library, but then they're saying they don't have the, the the balance, and so the advice I usually give them is this, and it you know it might be different than what you'll read in a lot of planning and scheduling books. You've sent out your organization has sent out crappy work plans for a really long time. Mm-hmm. If any, one more is not going to kill them. Right. So the ones you do plan, plan appropriate get them to be that golden work package and update your library, update your BOMs and do it right. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it ends up 10% of your jobs coming out of the gate and the rest of them are getting pushed through with simple simple job plans and no materials and you're still inefficient. As you build the library and as you start building those BOMs, your efficiency as a planner will get better and thus you'll be sending out more of a, a larger quantity of good work packages which then turns into the technical staff being more efficient. Yeah. And then from there you have CMMS qualification. So if you're on a CMMS system versus, say, paper-based, or you're not utilizing your CMMS for this thing, you you had to have computer skills. And and you know what? So (laughs) a tough story for me. So... in a previous organization, one of my previous organizations, um, I, I was a planner and then I became the assistant maintenance manager and I hired a planner 
added a technical staff to replace me. And this gentleman really wanted the position, uh, and he had a lot of years with the company. He he was a HVAC guy, and he you know he 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 knew his stuff in that arena, and he knew electrical, and he knew controls, and and so he had a decent background where he could operate within any of that those facility oriented areas. Uh, but he was terrible on the PC. He mm-hmm. he had he, you know his he was computer illiterate, and, and I had to let him go. Well, you see that a lot. I, I think if you're not on the CMMS system, they'd be really great planners because they know how to use a filing system. They know how to do all those things manually, but we're not in that day and age anymore. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and it really hit home with me because I, I ended up having to let the guy go, and it was my fault. Mm-hmm. And so part of when, when I'm doing the teaching at, at UW, I emphasize very critically how important computer skills and CMMS is. And, and when we went to a, a regional planning uh, uh, training and rollout at my previous organization, we, we took the planners off-site for six weeks. They were allowed at their desk on-site one day a week, Friday only. The rest of the time, they had to learn. They, the reason we did that was to force them to learn how to use the CMMS or call and email and communicate with people to understand what the jobs were and get the jobs taken care of not not all of the work is in the field as a planner you've got to learn how to do research you've got to learn how to use the cmms and look up what did you do in the past for the same we're not 95 percent of the work we're doing maybe 99 we've done before right, right. it's not it's not well, completely unique new. work right, right? so so it, six weeks we took them off site to make sure that they they learned how those skill sets very specifically uh, and then we left them back on site one day a week so that they could, uh, you know, do the walk down jobs or the ones that were much more complicated that required them to go out into the field. And I think that 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 really helped them develop uh, skill sets that they, you know, ne- didn't necessarily have coming into that into that training. So I I really highly recommend that that that's a critical item, knowing how to do research, knowing how to use your CMMS system. The planner needs to be the absolute expert in that system. Well, I think you touched on another skill that's needed as well, and that's can be able to communicate, right? It's not just send an email or make a phone call, but it's how you talk with people, your body language, those types of things. Uh, you could quickly ruin credibility. Um, and when it comes to that and your scheduling function and working with production and those types of people, you got to be able to do that stuff. Um communication is the key right and and you're right building those relationships and and i think you know one of the questions you usually get is well who should be the planner should we should we hire somebody outside should we get somebody internal what's the right answer and i think they both have benefits and drawbacks right Mm -hmm. i think you know and, and one of the benefits and drawbacks are the internal relationships it, you know, if you pull somebody out of the field, they know the people in the field. And so they've got established relationships and that can be a benefit. It can also be a negative because they can get pressure to either overestimate jobs or, or whatever. But, but well, it also depends on who it is. Yeah, exactly. it could be a negative whether, in another way as well. <laughs> whether or not they have a good relationship. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah, without a doubt, it's, it, you know, and, and some of the other things is, uh, you know, if you go external, those folks don't necessarily know the business or know the logistics of the site. Uh, and so there's some negative pieces there, but on a positive note, going external, there's you can set 
definitive expectation. You can set expectations that may not exist today, right, from a cultural perspective. And so they come in with a clean slate. Uh, but the, you know, and they could come in with a background that is needed because of the gaps that you have. The relationships are great, but a six month learning curve and you're right where you need to be. Right. Yeah. So, um, if you develop those relationships, right. And you're communicating and all that, and you're doing your function well, um, I think that is easier to overcome. And internally you can be culturally adjusted. Mm-hmm. And so that might not that that might be a bigger thing to overcome than the learning curve of yeah. the business and logistics, right? That's a plus and minus. So, so I think there's there's pluses and minuses to both. I don't think there's really a a, a right answer there. I think it's the it's individualized, right? Right. Uh, if 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 you have the right person internal, it's the right person. If you have the right person in their external, it's the right person. It's mm-hmm. you know it, it, I think there's benefits and drawbacks to each one. Right. Uh, what about some other skill sets? Well, I think um, some of the other soft skills, I think in a way we're talking a lot about soft skills with relationship building and communication and those types of things. Um, I think uh, the ability to listen to others. Uh, What you'll have a lot of time with listening is you'll have a guy that knows or thinks he knows something and he's working with an SME developing a job plan and he doesn't want to listen to the way the guy is telling him to do it or something like that. Um, so your ability to listen is key um, and having empathy for people as well to develop those relationships, uh, understanding where they're coming from, not necessarily what they're saying, you know, or how they're saying it, but what they're saying and being able to translate that into an effective job plan, um, I think is a key there. And what's ironic is you've got to have soft skills, but at the same time, you've got to be thick skinned. Oh, the planner gets blamed for every job that doesn't get executed in the field, and he has zero to do with anything that gets right. executed in the field, right? But we're in maintenance. I think uh, we all have thick skin. You almost have to because we're always blamed for everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that kind of comes with the territory. So I think the the last thing I want to touch on is the organizational skills of a planner. So the the planner's got to manage multiple buckets inside. You know, when we think about the CMMS and the statuses and workflows, I typically leave the planner with three separate bucket or actually four. They have an inbox. So anything that has converted to a work order that's not preventative maintenance or is not an emergency goes to some inbox that belongs to the planner, right? So let's just call it waiting to be planned. Uh, from there, the planner really needs to, to move it to something. This way, you know that the planner has seen the work order. So I usually have an intermediary status that at least I can measure whether or not the planner has looked at the work order within a three-day period. And so they have to change it to another status, right? Um, and that can be waiting to be planned or, you know, whatever whatever status you want to move it into. Um, and, and then from there, I usually coach planners to have a couple of buckets. The things they can do a quick plan on. Uh, they've already got a job plan in the library. The parts are already readily available and stocked. Really simple stuff. Uh, and so you can kind of knock those out the same day. And then you've got stuff that you've got to do some level of research or write a job plan that doesn't exist in the library. Uh, but still, it's not something that you've got to do a physical walk down on. You can do it as long as you can get the research done and you have the available text or, or, or technical documentation. Then you can get the work plan together. 
And then things that really require a planner to go out into the field, things like uh, running a new electrical line or, or, or you know, a pl plumbing line, something that actually requires them to physically go take measurements, to physically be out in the field. Uh, and then they put that in a separate bucket. So if they can keep those those buckets organized uh, and then then it really makes their job a lot easier because every day they can purge the simple bucket, work on the, the, the medium bucket and then the stuff they have to do out in the field. Just like from a scheduling perspective, you want to be as efficient as you can as a planner. You kind of wait till you get a couple of those and then go walk them all down at once so that you're saving yourself some time and, uh, and, and, and inefficiency of having to travel back and forth to whatever that job site is. And so I think organizational skills is, is really another, another critical one. So what do you think about making the planners go out to every breakdown? I, I don't think I, you know, I, this is a, a good question. And I, I usually ask this question in the class and the response I usually get is somewhere between 80 and 90% of the jobs require me to be in the field. And, and the look on our face when I tell them it's the inverse of that is, is, you know, deer in the headlights. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm about ready to walk out of here kind of looks. Right. But the reality of it is, is you've done 95% of this work before nothing's brand new unless you just got a new line, right? If you've got a brand new line, fine. Those jobs you're going to have to go take a look at maybe. And that's still a maybe. If it's got motors, it's got motors. If it's got conveyors, it's got conveyors. There's, It's not a dramatic difference other than what make and model those things are. And so, it, it, yeah, I, most of the work should be at your desk. As a I agree. Uh, just a previous organization that I, I worked for, they started trying to require the planners to go out to every single breakdown. And I had a few questions. Breakdown. They shouldn't yeah. even be involved in it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they shouldn't be involved in it. So yeah. I misunderstood the question yeah. and went right to they shouldn't be in the field. Yeah. They shouldn't have anything to do with a breakdown. Exactly. Right. And that was my argument. And I'm like, aren't they supposed to be planning? The reason why we're having breakdowns is because we're not planning work and we're not executing upon the plan because we don't have a plan because we're always chasing breakdowns, right? Yeah. In this vicious cycle. Uh, but my boss uh, didn't agree with me on that. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, and it's tough for people to see it because when you're caught in the middle of the hurricane, you, you don't see that outside of it, everything's calm, right? I mean, yeah. you think that's just the way you operate. And so you're trying to operate the hurricane, not trying to find calm, right? Well, that, that's kind of the thing is, is why do you plan, right? And I guess the question is, is, is what's the opposite of chaos? And the opposite of chaos is control. Right. And how do you gain control? You gain control with the plan, right? And we have strategic planning function at the corporate level. We have emergency plans. We have operational plans. Everybody has a plan, but maintenance isn't allowed to have a plan. And that's the thing that just kills me is, okay, you have a strategic plan. You have an operational plan. You have an emergency plan. You've got a financial plan. Right, you have all these plans, but when it comes to maintenance, why are you pushing back against me having a plan? But you say I'm in chaos, and the only way to get control of chaos is through planning. You know, it just makes no sense to me, but it is what it is. And, and you know, that's a great point. I think if you if you look at um, 
business management, which is very different than maintenance management. Yep. But the reason it's different is because people who are promoted to maintenance managers have no business background. Right. Management, by definition, is the process of leading, organizing, and controlling, right? So, mm-hmm. so, and when we think about that, controlling is really developing the plan mm-hmm. and understanding your processes and mm-hmm. having a plan to execute against those processes. Right. And so, you know, and, and this is a whole nother topic for another time when we start talking about why, biz- why maintenance management is not operated like a business, even though it should be. I think we can do a whole series just on that alone. But it really that that's the truth, right? I mean, when we think about that, the organizing and and manage the definition of management is missing in maintenance management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's maintenance. <laughs> it's all right. You were really good at being a reactive guy. You're now the maintenance manager, which means you should be really good at being reactive now. Yep. Yeah. So you know, you know. It, <clears throat> Some people like them, some people hate them, but Henry Fails' definition, just planning, organizing, leading, and controlling. I mean, right. it's, that's that's ma- business enough. management. So, right. All right, so I think that kind of wraps up uh, this episode of Practical Reliability. Uh, join us for our next session on planning where we are going to discuss um, the work order workflow process. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Awesome. For Joe Anderson, I'm George Williams. Thanks for listening to Practical Reliability. For questions on this or any other topics, email us at ask at reliabilityx.com. This has been another episode of Practical Reliability brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success.